Thanks, sweetheart. That was awesome. She's really smart, y'all. <laughs> Not because she married me. I mean, she had all her smarticles before she married me. <laughs> She's a blessing in my life. Doug, thank you for sharing that song with us. And I think that's an amazing thing that our church body was the first one that got to, to participate in that. And we'll be singing that song here as a, as a church family. That's awesome. Um, if you've got your Bibles, open them up this morning. I, actually, I'm sorry. Hold them up. <laughs> And I do want to tell you, and I'm going to talk to the board about this in a few weeks, but we're going to buy some extra Bibles, and we're going to stick them in the pews. So that way, if you come one morning and you didn't bring your Bible, we'll have one in there for you. Amen? just want to help folks out. All right, say this after me. Say, this is my Bible. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth. Transforming, transforming every part of my life, part of my life. and I'll never be the same. In Jesus, name, in Jesus' name, amen. Do you believe that this morning? Amen. You know what is so fun for me? This is my favorite part being a pastor. And remember, this is my first time to be a senior pastor, so I don't know what I'm doing. So it's kind of fun. <laughs> but the fun part is, and this is the most amazing thing, and Tim Evans and I had lunch this week and we are talking about it, I almost am sitting back and watching God building his church. He's bringing people in that are hurting and their hearts are being changed and their lives are being changed and their families are being changed and it's real. And that is the most awesome privilege that I think anybody can have as a church body. And I know many of you are excited as you look around and you see the new faces and, and you see people's lives changing. Isn't that awesome? Amen. That is God's amazing work. I keep using that word, but it's true. I've got to find another word. Totally awesome-licious work. I don't know. We'll, we'll have to find something. But God does this amazing work in our lives, and his amazing grace is so good. Okay, i got to tell you a story. Well, first of all, how many, how many of you were here yesterday for the garage sale? <laughs> all right. All right, now, you got to be honest. If you left with more than you brought, I want to see your hand, okay? There you go. Hallelujah. <laughs> honest people right there. Um, I want to thank, Christy, are you still here? Christy, we stand up. I know this bugs you, but stand up. Christy helped orchestrate everything, and as always, she does, a, I mean, she does so much, but she did a great job yesterday organizing everything. And River, thank you for helping your mom. <laughs> I know I saw you eating those donuts. You were rocking. Good job, River. <laughs> but uh, I know that the youth group raised how much? The youth group raised 157. The women's ministry raised $250 for the women's ministry. That's awesome. And I talked to various people, and, and people did great. So that was wonderful. But I know today the tithe might not be bigger because I noticed y'all were just swapping money with each other. <laughs> so I don't know if we'll see an increase in giving because... It was hilarious. Sue's walking around. I saw this lamp over there, and they said, ah, I bet I know who bought that lamp. Yeah, it was Sue. It had a little frilly stuff all over it. So. But that was a good time. And, and you know what surprised me, though, yesterday? What really shocked me is that I was meeting different people in the community that had been here about the church and that were just here visiting, and, and they were so excited to be here, and they're like, you know what? I think I'm going to come visit your church. And, and I thought it was interesting that we're having a garage sale, and people are getting invited to church. <laughs> You know? 
but it's kind of neat. But, but I want to segue with that into one of the ladies that was here yesterday. Uh, and, and this series that we're going to be talking about is about masquerade. And, and we're going to be talking about the masks that people wear. Okay, and I'm not, you know, I thought it was really appropriate with Halloween coming up and everybody wears masks. We take on this different persona for just a little while. And, uh, but as adults, we do that too. And a lot of us do it all the time. There's this, there's this mask. We wake up in the morning and we put on this mask and we go out and face the world. And it's really not the real us. Because we've learned to have to wear a mask to cope with all the things that are around us. And, uh, well, before I tell you the story that happened yesterday, I, I got to tell you a couple jokes. <laughs> hey, and I do want to tell you, if you find jokes, some of you have started emailing them to me, do that. You know, I like to read them. It's fun. But um, it's my, one of my favorite parts of the week is looking up funny stuff. A new teacher thought that she would use what she had learned in her child psychology course. And so she stood up in front of the class and says, everyone who thinks that they're stupid, please stand up. A little third grade class. And, and she said, nobody gets up. She goes, everyone who thinks they're stupid, please stand up. Nobody stood up, so she waited a little bit. She said it again, everyone who thinks they're stupid, please stand up. And this little boy on the third row stood up, looked at her, and, and she said, Johnny, do you think you're stupid? He said, no, ma'am, but I didn't want you to stand there by yourself. <laughs> Nothing like child psychology, is there? A Sunday school teacher decided that she was going to teach the kids a little, little kindergarten class. She was going to teach them to memorize the 23rd Psalm, the, the Lord is my shepherd song. And so little Billy went home and he worked and worked and worked and he tried and tried and tried. And, and what happened is they were going to get up Sunday morning in front of church and recite the 23rd Psalm. <laughs> so he's really nervous. So he gets up there and sure enough, he can't remember anything. And this is what he says. The Lord is my shepherd. And that's all I need to know. <laughs> Pretty good, isn't it? We can learn a lot from kids. I read that and I thought, man, that, that is awesome. Uh, let me tell you what a masquerade is. A masquerade, you've seen masquerade balls. We've all seen them in movies. Some of you have actually gone to masquerade parties before. As masquerade, the definition is a social gathering of persons wearing masks, and often fantastic costumes. The second part of the definition, though, is very interesting. An action or appearance that is a mere disguise or a show. An action or appearance that is a mere disguise or a show. <laughs> now, I got up this morning, I got dressed. Usually, I don't dress like this, right? Some of you are going, I'm so glad he finally dressed up. Anybody? <laughs> you know, and here I am, but... But this is what you see, right? Looks, looks pretty good, right? Come on now. <laughs> the outfit is not complete. <laughs> Without white socks. Showed a little too much leg there, didn't I? Sorry, Heidi. <laughs> <laughs> Trisha walked into my office and she goes, oh, you're not going to do that. <laughs> well, I did it on purpose, believe it or not. Because, you know, what you see is a guy in a nice expensive suit. But the truth is he's wearing white socks that really don't go. This is a masquerade. 
okay? The, the suit's covering up the socks. I really am white sock guy, <laughs> you know? And, and I think there's so many people in life that do that. You know, there really are. They get up in the morning, and they're dealing with all these challenges in their life. They're dealing with all this pain, but they get up in the morning, and they walk out the door, and they, they've got their white socks on, but they cover it up. I want to tell you something. The next few weeks, we're going to be talking about this, and you need to hear me. That's not okay. It's not okay to live with pain. It's not. It's just not okay. And, and you're going to be challenged by this series, and I hope you all come back next week because I'm going to really get into your business a little bit because I've had to get into my business a little bit because Jesus is very clear about us wearing white socks with suits. We're not supposed to. We're not supposed to carry around pain. We're not supposed to carry around this mask that hides who we really are. He wants us to be the people that he's created us to be. Amen? See, here's what I know. Some of y'all got up this morning, and you got dressed, and you, you put on your Sunday best, and you come down here, but inside, your, your heart's broken. That's got to be fixed. That's why Jesus came. He came so that you could have a full life. I want to tell you one of my favorite scriptures in the whole Bible. It's not in your notes, but if you like to take notes, write this down. This is John chapter 10, verse 10. And I'm going to read it out of the Amplified Bible, but it says almost the same thing in all of them. The thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. But here's what Jesus said. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance. And the explanation of abundance is to the full until it overflows. So Satan comes, the thief, he comes, I'm playing with this paper clip, y'all excuse me. The thief comes only to kill. Satan's job is to kill. The world doesn't like you, okay? And we talked last week about stuff. The stuff that you have doesn't love you back. And Jesus said the world's going to kill you. If, you. if you play in Satan's pit long enough, if you, if you play with rattlesnakes long enough, sooner or later you're going to get bit, Okay? But Jesus said, but I have come that you might have life and have it abundantly. That challenged me so much as a young man. See, religion doesn't want you to go there. What religion wants you to do is act better, not necessarily feel better, but act better. And it's by your works. And Jesus said, that's not it at all. I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. The series that we've gone over the last four weeks about the Holy Spirit, how God wants to send the Holy Spirit to come alongside us and live in us and change us and give us gifts. And Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it abundantly. So here's the question. Are you living an abundant life? Pastor, you're all up in my business. <laughs> but that's the question. Are you living an abundant life? Let me rephrase it. Are you happy? And I'm not talking about when you stub your toe or, or you know, the, the day in and day out challenges. We all have challenges during the day that are things that come up that, that are challenges. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about at the core of your person, if you boil it all down, do you consider yourself to be living an abundant life? Are you living the promise that Jesus said belongs to you? And if the answer is no, and for many of us it is, then we've got to figure out how to get what Jesus promised us. And I want to tell you, that's why we're doing this series. See, I don't believe in a gospel that's not practical. 
Jesus died so that I could be free. He died so that I could have an abundant life. And he died to restore my relationship with the Father. And it's the same for all of us. And I want to walk in the fullness of that relationship. Anybody else? So we've got to get real. And the reason we're doing this series, Masquerade, is because we're going to talk about that. And the first thing that you have to do is get real. In business, we, we call it facing the brutal facts. All the business stuff, all the business guys in here, if you read a lot, you understand that question. You've got to be honest if you're, where your business is. Well, what I'm saying is we've got to take it into our personal life and say, are we really honest with where we are in our personal lives? And if your answer is today, some of you don't want to answer that question. I, I know because I've been there. You don't want to answer the question because you're not going to like what you say. You already know it, but you're not going to like it. Well, I have good news for you. <laughs> There's a way out of that. Jesus wouldn't have died for you to be free if he hadn't made a way for you to get there. Amen? So we're going to talk about that. And I'm really excited. And I believe that as we go forward, there are people that are going to be set free. I want to tell you about our church. One of my favorite things and Trisha's favorite things is creating an, 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 a church culture and an experience that is exciting and is fun. And we believe, as much as we can, represents a real relationship with God. You know, <laughs> I had some people walk up to me yesterday, and, and I could tell they were kind of religious people. And they said, well, years ago, we used to go to your church, and they got upset and went somewhere else. And, and well, we might come back and give you a shot. And I'm thinking, man, don't give me a shot. I don't want what you got. <laughs> because here's the deal. When I say that, I mean that. Because a religious spirit and a relationship with God, I hope you're starting to understand those are two very different things. It's not about trying to be something. It's just about being who God created you to be. That's it. That's it. And so this church that, that we're all growing together and this church that we're all building is about life. And sometimes life is messy. We all love babies, right? What about that diaper thing? <laughs> you know, I thought when it said up to 40 pounds, um, <laughs> that could hold a lot. <laughs> Apparently, that's not what that means. <laughs> but, but babies, <laughs> babies are beautiful, but babies are messy. That's how life is. Life is messy, but that's okay. Because when we're living life together, it's okay that it's messy. Life. You can have fun together. Learn to put up with each other. Amen? Check, check. Can you hear me now? Good. Okay, I'm good. Um, so we're trying to create this church environment where there's this church family and there's honesty. See, again, that's what this series is about. You know, because here's the deal. 99% of the time when people walk up and, and they say, how are you doing? What is your response? Fine. My leg fell off this morning. <laughs> but I'm good right? And especially in the South, we were raised that way. Well, how are y'all? Well, Miss Charlotte, the house is on fire. We're fine. <laughs> you know, I mean, we're all raised like that. Everything's okay. And the truth is a lot of times we're not. We want to create a church environment where it's okay to not be fine. Not where you stay not fine, 
But if you're not fine, that's okay. See, I don't want you to pretend to be somebody you're not because as long as we deny that we're dealing with pain, we're never going to get healed. And I'm not talking about psychology here. I'm going to show you in Scripture where this is true. Open up to 2 Corinthians. It's in your notes also. Chapter 4, verse 2. This is the Apostle Paul talking. I'm reading out of the New International Version. And he says this, Rather, we have renounced secret and shameful ways. We do not use deception, nor do we distort the... Distort, distort, that's not even a word. Nor do we distort the word of God. On the contrary, by setting forth the truth plainly, we commend ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Another version says we refuse to wear masks and play games. <laughs> we refuse to wear masks and play games. And I want you to read this. Proverbs fourteen thirteen says this. This is out of the Living Bible. It says laughter cannot mask a heavy heart. When the laughter ends, the grief remains. So where do we stop pretending? Where do we take off our masks Where do we begin this process? The next few weeks, I'm going to take us through a process of how we learn to take off our masks in our lives. But today, we're going to start with one that some of you might be surprised about. But it's a mask that most of us wear almost on a daily basis. And it's about conflict. Anybody ever had a conflict with anybody? (laughs) Today? Get up. I don't want to go. Yes, you do. You know, I mean, there's, there's all that. By the way, I got to tell on Trisha now this morning. <laughs> Taylor usually comes with me to practice early service, but I let her stay home this morning. <laughs> Trish walked in a little while ago. I said, hey, where's Taylor? She goes, she's not with you. Yeah, Taylor's at the house right now. <laughs> Going, where is everybody? <laughs> so Bonnie's going to go pick her up in a few minutes. But, yeah, Taylor's pro- there will probably be a conflict about that <laughs> when I see her. Dad, you left me at home. You don't love me anymore, you know. But conflict is all around us. Conflict is something that we deal with on a daily basis. And the Scripture talks about it quite, quite a bit. But what I want you to do today is I want you to be open-minded to what I'm going to talk to you about. Because this message tends to have what I call pushback. I'm going to start talking to you and and you're going to be going, that's not me, that's so-and-so. What I want you to do today is put that behind you. And what I want you to do is hear what I'm saying. And I want you to listen. And I want you to be open-minded. There are about five different kinds of ways that individuals deal with conflict. And I want you to figure out which one you are. Okay, we're going to talk about each one of them a little bit, and then I'm going to go to the end of the service. We're going to talk about God's plan for dealing with conflict. But the first way that you deal with people that deal with conflict is there, there are people that tend to be the ones that dominate it. And I've got it in your notes right now. These people in a conflict, they're the ones that dominate. Let me give you an example of what that means. They're the people that said, because I said so. Anybody know anybody like that? Some of y'all going, You know, they're the ones that whenever there's a challenge, there's not any discussion about it. It's like, Dad, why are we going to do this? Because I, that's all you need to know. (laughs) You know, I mean, and, and that's the end of the discussion. The problem is the conflict usually is not resolved. It's just kind of a lids put on it, right? 
So it doesn't really get resolved. Now, I'm not saying, guys, especially guys, there aren't times that we have to step up and say, do this now. Step out of the fire. Why, Dad? Because I said so. You know, if the house is on fire, get out of the house. No, I'm talking about almost anything. That's what it is. There's no discussion. It's because I said so. That's not a good way to handle things. Okay? Uh, and then there's, there's the people that simply ignore it when there's a conflict. A lot of women tend to do this. There's a conflict in the house. There's something going on where people aren't getting along, and you ask them the question, and they say, everything's fine. How's everything going? Everything's fine. And you know it's not fine. Then why is your mascara running down all over your face? I'm just so happy. No, you're not happy. (laughs) You know? But they're the people, and I've grown up around people like this. How's everything? Everything's fine. And it's not. I want to tell you, um, Marty called me a few weeks ago. I love Marty. He, he, he's been a good, good friend to me and still hopefully is. <laughs> After I got you in trouble last week about almost burning the house down. <laughs> and Carol didn't know. Some of y'all have to go listen to the message. By the way, I'm going to do a little commercial right here. Um, the website has been completely updated. You can go to the church website, go to the sermons media tab on the website, and all of our sermons are on there. And Bonnie has started uploading all the sermon notes too. So if you miss a service, you can go to the website and you can listen to it. Or if you miss a series, or some of you want to email it to a friend, you can copy it and do that. So they're all on the website, and we're going to try to keep those updated. So make sure you do that. But um, Marty is really good he'll be praying for me or whatever. And some days he'll just call me and goes, man, how are you doing? And a few weeks ago, I was having a horrible day. I mean, if it could go wrong, it did go wrong. Did y'all know that happens to pastors too? Yeah, it does. And so I was having one of those days where literally everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I hadn't talked to anybody about it. It just wasn't working out right. Marty calls me and goes, hey man, how are you doing? What was my answer? Right? I said, fine. He said, no, you're not. How are you really doing? Well, I lost it because I wasn't fine. But it took somebody willing to step inside my bubble a little bit and not being able to accept that where it was. And what happened is God really helped me in that situation. And Marty ministered to me. He was sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Remember the Holy Spirit who helps us to know things? That's a spiritual gift. And God gave Marty insight that I was having a challenge. But here's the other part of that. When God talks to you about something that maybe somebody's dealing with, what's the first thing you need to do? Pray. First thing you need to do is pray. The second thing you need to do is contact that person. And you need to say, I was praying for you. Is everything okay? Or God gave me a word or whatever. You need to do that. Why? Because that person needs that. And we talk about being Jesus' hands and feet. And when he gives you that kind of information, you need to help somebody. Amen? But ignoring the problem is not a solution to conflict. When you are dealing with conflict, when you are dealing with challenges, pretending they're not there is the wrong answer. Okay, so we can't do that. Here's number three. (laughs) I like this one. These are the people when there's conflict that comes, what do they do? Whine about it. Anybody know anybody like that? Here's their song. Nobody knows. (laughs) The trouble I've seen. I mean, people, you don't have to leave, Sue. I wasn't talking about you. I'm being for real. (laughs) 
I am so in trouble. That is not going <laughs> to. Lord, I just thank you today for. <laughs> I'll be the only one not at Pastor Appreciation Lunch today. <laughs> Dave's going home, oh, man. Now, but these people, when a problem comes, when there's conflict, uh, they whine about it. And here's their, their kind of saying is that it doesn't help when they whine about it, but they whine about it, and, and it's kind of like they say, well, if I'm going to be miserable, then everybody else is too. <laughs> anybody ever been anybody around anybody like that? <laughs> That's horrible. That is no fun, and that is not the way to deal with conflict. They're kind of like Eeyore. <laughs> you know who Eeyore is? The little stuffed animal on Winnie the Pooh is that your tail it's the only tail I have it's gonna rain today I mean you know everything's wrong man I'm making a lot of people mad today I (laughs) man y'all go ahead (laughs) thank you (laughs) it's them they're the ones There's somebody that needs to go to the <laughs> There's somebody right now that needs to go to the bathroom and no, I can't go. You know, what I mean you're like Pastor's gonna say something. I promise I won't. <laughs> here's here's the, the fourth way that we tend to deal with conflict conflict. We white flag it. We white flag it. What does that mean? Here's what that means. We surrender. Conflict comes up, you're no, you're right, you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, the light wasn't red, it was green, you're right, you're right. <laughs> and, and it doesn't matter that they're wrong, the person's wrong, but this person gives in to keep the peace. Anybody ever been in a family like that, around people like that? They give up. They, as soon as there's a problem, you know what, you're right. And here's the problem with this one. Most Christians feel like that's what they're supposed to do. That's wrong. That's wrong. You're not, supposed to do, you're not supposed to do that. You know, you're not supposed to pretend like the problem's not there because it is. Again, in a business terminology, we call it the white elephant in the room. There's this huge problem and everybody's trying to ignore what the problem is and pretend it's not there or whine about it or whatever the situation is and we don't face the problem. Or we just give up. You know what, you're right and nothing gets solved. Y'all, people live like this for years. Some of you have. That's not abundant life. Here's the final one. And this is more prevalent in our society now than it's ever been in the history of our country. People just end it. You know what? You know what? We're having conflict, and um, you go your way, and I'm going to go my way, and we're just going to end it. They just quit. That's one way that they try to solve conflict. You know what? I'm not going to argue with you. I'm not going to try to work this out. I'm leaving. You know, I was talking to our men's ministry Sunday night. As you know, there were 75, 80 kids, junior high and senior high kids in here on Wednesday night. Many of those kids, and I'm not talking about the kids from our church primarily, but I'm talking about the kids from the community that come, which is about 50 of the 75. 75% of them come from single-parent homes. That's their life. And what happened is somewhere in the relationship with their parents, somebody said, you know what, this is too hard, I'm just going to end it. And I'm not talking about situations here today where there are pro- there's, there's legitimate challenges. 
I'm talking about people just don't want to work through conflict. And so they choose to simply walk away. And most of the time, that's the wrong answer. That is the wrong answer. So have I got anybody excited this morning? (laughs) Are you ready to me to start something like sing Kumbaya? (laughs) But there's good news. There's good news. There's a way out of this. There's a way that you can take off the mask. There's a way. You don't have to walk around like this. (laughs) You don't. Now Slade's leaving. Fine, Slade. I didn't tell anybody it was your mask, bro. I'm sorry. (laughs) No. It's not Slade's mask. It's not. But I want you to be honest with yourself right now. Please. Are you walking around with one of these? And what I see and what the rest of the world sees, you're really thinly veiling something and there are areas in your life where you need help and you're hurting, but you're pretending like they're not there. It's time to let that go. Because until you face that challenge, until you jump in that pit with the lion, until you face your Goliath, you're not going to live the abundant life that God has for you. So how we do that? Pastor, okay, how do I do it? Here's how you do it. Are you ready? Here's the good news. The first thing you have to do, this isn't number one, this is the pre-number one. (laughs) The first thing you have to do is honestly look at yourself. Because right now, many of us feel like the challenges that we have are all about who? Other people. Pastor, it's her. It's her. And, and, and you think, if you knew my wife, if you knew my kids, if you knew my boss, if you knew my teacher, if you knew my whoever, and, and what we tend to do as people is we tend to be harder on everybody else than we are on ourselves. There's lots of grace for me, but not so much grace for you. <laughs> so the very first thing that you have to do is you have to be willing to look at yourself and be honest. Okay? Be honest. And this is all through Scripture, but I'm challenging you today to do that. So here's number one. The first thing you have to do, folks, is look within myself. Look within yourself. If you want to learn to take the mask off, you've got to first look at yourself. And here's what I mean by that. When there are challenges going on in your world, I don't want you to assume it's everybody else but you. The first thing you need to do is self-check. Check yourself. Okay? Matthew 7, verses 3 through 4. I'm going to show you in Scripture where this is. This is Jesus talking, so we probably should listen, right? Jesus says this, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the what? Plank in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? Jesus is saying this right here. He's saying, look, you better be honest with yourself because here you are pointing fingers at everybody else and you got a honking log growing out of your eye. (laughs) Right? And see, so many times we think we can clearly see everybody else's problem when the reality is (laughs) we're the problem. So the first thing you have to do is look at yourself. Okay, here's number two. Talk to God first. Talk to God first. 
You know, when you deal with challenges in your life, if you're dealing with a person that's a challenge, whether it's a spouse or an employer, whatever the situation is, if you're dealing with challenges in your body, whatever it is, the first thing you need to do, the first thing is talk to God. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in what? That's right. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in, in Christ Jesus. You need to get this. If you go to God first, if you, and, and some of you go, well, I haven't already gone to God first. Well, now you need to decide to go to the Lord and say, Lord, here's the problem. God, I looked at myself, and guess what? I found who the enemy is, and the enemy is me. What do I do next? The next thing I do is I go to God. But here's what the scripture says. But don't be anxious about anything. Don't fret is one of the other scriptures. Don't fret. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what is the promise? The God of peace, which transcends all understandings, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm going to tell you, there's some people out there that you're sitting there right now and you're going, okay, I, I, number one, I get it. I look at myself. I still don't think I'm the problem, <laughs> but I'll look at myself. And the next thing is I'm going to go to God. Wait a minute. If I go to God first, that means I can't go to that person first and gripe at them. No, that's right. Let me tell you the fastest way, the fastest way to resolve a conflict in a family, in a work, whatever your situation is. As a Christian, pray for that person. You ever tried to be mad at somebody that you're praying for? So what I'm telling you is if you want to be mad at them, don't pray for them. (laughs) Because when you start praying for people, it changes your heart. It changes your heart. I know a guy that he does marriage counseling, used to do a lot of it, and he would bring people in, and this was the first thing he would always do in the marriage counseling. He said, all right, before we start today, uh, Joe, Joe, I want you to pray for Bobby Sue. And so Joe would pray for Bobby Sue, and Bobby Sue, I want you to pray for Joe. And here's the problem. What would happen is they're mad at each other. And, you know, the first thing might be, well, Lord, I just pray that a thousand flies would fly into their house and now you know <laughs> i mean but they they would start off and they it would caught them caught them surprised because they'd be they were like i don't want to pray for them i'm mad at them but as they begin to pray for them in other words when you allow god to begin to enter into the situation the dynamic changes so you got to go to god and you got to pray and here's the other part proverbs eighteen thirteen says this he who answers before listening it is folly and shame. Why, why does the scripture say that? If you'll go to God first, God will help you in the situations that you're going in. But if you assume you know the answers or you assume you know what the problem is, it is to your folly and shame because you're going to make a lot of mistakes. And you're going to judge people and you're going to assume things about people that are wrong because you don't know what these other people are dealing with. You need to go to God first. Amen? Number three, this is what you have to do. If you want to take off the mask, this is what you have to do. You have to let God do a work in me. Let God do a work in me. 
And I'll be honest with you, I tell you every week, but as I go through and do these, these sermon preparations and I get ready, I'm always the first one that has to listen to it, right? So trust me, I can pretty well guarantee you that I will never stand up here and preach something that hadn't already had to go through my system. So when I'm, when I'm studying this and I'm getting all this written out and I'm working on it, I'm having to check myself. And this next one was one that I had to really learn, and it helped me this week. God actually did some neat things in me. But you have to learn to let God do a work in you. What do I mean by that? You have got to surrender to God. If you're dealing with conflicts or you're dealing with conflicting people or you're dealing with whatever challenge it is that you're dealing with, you need to let God do a work in you. You need to surrender to him. What does that mean? What that means is now you're going to do things God's way. And you're going to allow him to take over the situation. 1 Peter 6, verse 7, uh, excuse me, 1 Peter 1, verses 6 through 7 says this. So be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even though the going is rough for a while down here. These trials are only to test your faith, to see whether or not it is strong and it is pure. It is being tested as fire tests gold and purifies it. And your faith is far more precious to God than gold. So if your faith remains strong after being tried in the test tube of fiery trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day of his return. Now I want you to understand something. There's a difference between being tempted and being tested. And God will never tempt you. But God does allow testing to come. Because the only way we grow stronger is if we go through the fire. And the Bible tells us clearly over and over again that we're going to go through trials in life. It's going to happen. But if you will surrender to God in these situations, if you'll say, Lord, take me through this, I completely surrender to you in this situation. If you will do that, he will grow you in ways that you could never imagine. So whatever situation you're facing today, whatever the challenge is, whether it's in your relationship, work, finances, whatever, you need to get on the same page with God. And here's what you need to say. God, I surrender to you in this situation. The challenge may also be a child, and you need to say, Lord, I surrender my child to you, and I trust you to handle this situation. It may be a conflict that you're having with someone at work. Lord, I give you this person. Father, I give you Dennis. Please help him. <laughs> no, but what I'm serious, though. What, not about Dennis, but I'm serious about that person. And here's what I'm saying. Here's why I'm saying this, y'all. You need to surrender to God. Joe, where are you going? I'm talking about you. <laughs> you need to surrender to God in these situations. And then you need to let him have it. You need to let him have it. What, here's what I mean. If I hand you this microphone, let's say this microphone is my trial, and Heidi, I hand you this microphone and I walk away, and now you have it, right? But I tend to want to come back and get it. You hear the scripture where it talks about God and our sins, and he says he casts it into the sea of forgetfulness. He cast it as far as the, the way the east is from the west, our sin, so he remembers it no more. That's how we need to learn to be in conflict and situations. We need to pray for people, and then we need to let the situations go. And here's how you can tell if you're not doing that. You pray for somebody, and five minutes later, you're talking about them again. 
much. Lord, so-and-so has been really mean to me, but you know what, Father, I trust you with them. So, Lord, take this situation. And then you're on the phone two minutes later. You know what she did to me? (laughs) That doesn't work. You have to cast it away. And you have to trust people and say, Lord, I'm giving you this situation. I surrender it to you. Let God do a work in you. And here's the final thing. This is huge. Don't expect from man what should only come from God. Don't expect from man what should only come from God. And some of you all want you to see this. You need, you need to see this, and I'm going to say it out here because I want to make sure that you get it. Please listen to me. You need to stop expecting so much from people. People will fail you. If you're looking for people to fulfill your needs, ultimately you'll be disappointed. Because here's what happens. We go through such a, so much of our life and, and we're, we have this expectation of people that they can never achieve. And what happens is we, we expect people to meet our needs and we expect all these other things. And it, we're not set up to be that way, folks. It doesn't work that way. You need to expect, you need to expect less from people and more from God. I'm going to say that again. You need to expect less from people and more from God. God needs to get bigger in your life and people need to become smaller. Your fulfillment and your happiness can never ultimately come from another person. You will always be disappointed. But if you will draw close to God, if you'll draw close to him, He'll fulfill those desires in your life. He will fill up that hole in your heart that people and things and and the world can't fill up, but God can. Why? Because he made you for himself. You remember last week I talked about the original intent. Original intent. We were talking about that a few weeks ago. What was God's original intent for us? He created us to have fellowship with him. He created us to enjoy the earth. He created us for those reasons. We are made for him. And so anytime we go through life and we're trying to do things and fulfill the the desires of our heart without God involved, we're going to be ultimately, we're going to end up empty. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you today for your word. I thank you today that you love us. I thank you that you have a plan for each one of our lives. And Lord, we all know the needs that are out there. I know there are people here today, Father, that are hurting. There are people here today, Lord, that are wearing a mask. There are people here today that were on their way to church and they were in a fight with their wife on their way to church this morning and they all had to put on their happy Jesus church faces before they came in today. And Lord, that's not how you intended us to be. That's not who you've created us to be. You don't want us to be that way. So, Father, I pray that as your word is going forth, that people's hearts are being touched. And, Lord, the challenges that they're facing, whatever is going on in their life, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that you would begin right now to minister to them and they would begin to take the mask off and they would begin to be honest with themselves that maybe everything's not okay. Because, Lord, here's the deal. You're bigger than those situations. 
Jesus, you said that you've come that we might have an abundant life, to live life to the full, to have an overflowing life. And Lord, I want that life. And I know there are people out here who want that life. So I pray today, Father, that as we're all here in your presence, the Lord, you would begin to stir that up in us. If you're here today and you say, Pastor, I'm, I'm here, I'm, I'm hearing what you're saying, I'm dealing with some challenges in my life, I've got some things going on, and Lord, I just pray, you know, I want to come down today and I need to get some things right. If you're dealing with challenges in your finances, if you're dealing with challenges in your body, whatever the challenge is that you're dealing with, I want you just to come down to the altar because here in his presence is fullness of joy. Here in his presence is healing. It's time to begin to take off the masks and deal with some things. So if that's you today, we're a church family, we're a family. If that's you, I want you just to come down to the front and we're going to pray for you. Maybe you're here today and say, Pastor, the truth is I've known Jesus. I accepted him maybe as a child or a few years ago, but I've walked away. And right now I'm not even walking in a relationship with him. But I need to get my life back together. I need to reestablish that. If that's you today, Today is your day. I want you just to get up and come down to the altar. We're going to pray for you today. You want to rededicate your heart to the Lord today. Say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Or perhaps you're here today and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life the first time. You've been doing your own thing. But you're here today and you know you need to get it right. And you really feel the Lord tugging on your heart and you want to to surrender your heart to him. If that's you today, I want you just to stand up and come on down. And we're going to pray for you today. If that's you, say, Pastor, that's me. I want to dedicate my heart to the Lord today. Amen. Let's all stand this morning. Amen. Father, I thank you for your word and I thank you that you have a plan for each of our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. Each one of us is uniquely created by you. We're all a masterpiece. And Father, I pray that as we go through the next few weeks, you'll help us to take the mask off and begin to really deal with the challenges that are in our lives and that we would get real with you and we would become the people that you've called us to be. Bless us in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Chili, do you want to say something? Oh, Dennis wants to talk. <laughs> I love, love you, you, bud. Love you too. Okay, I do. Guys, we're going to eat chili. I love chili. Who likes chili? Um, we've also collected quite a bit of money for these two families. And one thing that I want to say real quick is some of you may not have been able to to give money, but there's other things you can do for these families. Um, I think what we're planning on doing, I know that's what we're planning on doing for Chris and, and Tricia, is we're going to put in a flue uh, in their house with a, with a king stove so they can heat their house this winter. But if you can cut wood for the pasture, then cut a rick of wood for him. Uh, if you want to cut a rick for me while you're doing it, go right ahead. <laughs> My house is on the way to his house, so just drop it off there. But, you know, you don't have to give money to, to show the pastor, the, the both, both sets of pastors, how you appreciate them. There's things you can do that they, that's as good as money or better. Amen. Okay? 
and loving on them is probably the best way. But um, we appreciate each and every one of y'all. Okay, we've got a, a lot of new faces out there, and and I appreciate and love each and every one of you. But let's pray for the chili. But we're going to put in a flu. So if there's anybody out there that's put in flus, I can't see you very well, Marty. Uh, but um, it's all your fault, uh, Marty. I can't see nobody. I like to see people when I talk to them. But if you know anything about putting in flus and you've done any of that kind of work before, we'd love for you to jump on board and help us put this flu in. We want them to be safe when they burn that this summer or this winter. So let's pray for the, let's pray for the food. Uh, Brother Charles, would you pray for the food in the back, please? Okay, and we want everybody to stay, please. We've got plenty of chili, plenty of it. God bless you.